So my good friend Andy Kurtz and I decided to do a packaging design podcast. Now it's different than other packaging podcasts that you hear because it's not specifically focused on the box it comes in, but all aspects and nuances of the packaging. We will discuss in every way that we can think of that best describes our experience with it, what we think is working or where things could have been improved. We will also talk about what is involved with owning a small firm and running the everyday ins and outs. And to let you in on a little secret, we really love what we fucking do. Kirk Faisola is the founder and creative director of Mind the Font, a full-service CPG branding and packaging design agency. And Andy Kurtz is the founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative, an agency that focuses on packaging and branding design for the specialty food and beverage space. Together, we are Kirk and Kurtz. This is the Kirk and Kurtz Packaging Design Podcast. Kirk and Kurtz number 32, a clear vision for type. I'm Kirk Vaisola, for reals this time, since we didn't record the first 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm Kirk Vaisola. I'm the founder and creative director of Mind the Font, and I'm here with my good friend. Andy Kurtz, founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative. And this is the Kirk and Kurtz Packaging Design Podcast. Now with more recording. <laughs> so, okay, so here's the deal. For the last 10 minutes, I've been blabbing with, with the guests who I truly love and admire and respect and love their work and come to realize that I did not hit record. So today, let's start over. Um, we have a special guest on today's uh, Claire Coulon. Coulon. Sorry, Coulon. That's great. Uh, there you go. Uh, my, French, my French isn't. But Claire is a, is a hand letterer and a logotype artist who is truly amazing. I've admired her for so long on Dribble, at least the last 15 or 20 years. I met her through Nikita Prokhorov, the infamous Nikita Prokhorov, but I think we'll somehow <laughs> come up on every podcast because he just fucking mm-hmm. knows everybody. But he's the Kevin Bacon, <laughs> six degrees of Nikita. But but Claire is, is truly an amazing artist, uh, and I am so happy to have her on. Claire, thank you so much for being on. How are you once again? Thanks very much for having me. It was very nice to, to speak. <laughs> Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. And I, I forgot. This is our first time actually speaking to another. It's usually uh, love through text and yeah, like comments on on different social media, mainly Dribble or Instagram. And so it's so good to meet you finally. Yeah, yeah, you as well. Yeah. Now I've I've asked this question. I know the answer. Uh, but <laughs> oh, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> but how did you actually get started with design? Did it start when you know you attended classes in? Mm. England by some chance, it's just a guess. <laughs> Brand new information. Um, so I did, uh, I did art and that kind of thing in, in high school. Um, so I went to American, mostly American based schooling. I lived abroad a lot. Um, so it was sort of high, high school like for, for you guys. Um, and then I decided I wanted to do design, like graphic design-ish. I didn't really know what exactly. Um, and uh, I moved to England for that. And in England, the way it works, you do a foundation year first. So you do like a year in a school where you get to dabble in a bit of everything to see what you kind of like. So there's a bit of fashion, a bit of uh, sculpture and fine art, uh, also drawing. And then there was like a graphic and communication sort of module chunk. Um, and I liked that one the most and sort of everything, all the briefs, the design briefs they set, I kind of always ended up doing type-based work. Um, so a lot of, I used to copy out fonts a lot um, and I really like the kind of sound of letters and how you how sound of words and how you translate that visually into what the lettering would look like so all my kind of projects tended to revolve around that 
use photography in it as well. Um, and then I went on after that first year to do a, a general kind of graphic design degree for three years. Um, so it sort of started off similar, so quite broad. Um, and then, but again, everything, all the briefs I did kind of always involved some kind of hand-drawn, I didn't vector then, it was just sort of hand-drawn lettering. Um, and then somewhere, and I think in the second year, some a lecturer once said in, in, in a talk that it was okay to kind of to do that one thing if there's something that you are good at or that you enjoy um, that it's okay to, to go with that and not worry about doing everything because um, up to that point I felt bad sort of that I wasn't exploring all the you know, animation and all the things that you could do right. um, so that was kind of like a light bulb moment even though it seems quite obvious it was just kind of permission to focus on that one kind of area um, so I went on to do that to do that for the last year um, so I did like a, a book project all about um, the sort of sounds of words um and then after that um so then i yeah i traveled a bit um mm -hmm. with my boyfriend at the time and we moved to brussels where i got a sort of my first job working in a very small branding uh sort of in-house branding agency um it was tight it was only a few of us um and then on the side i started doing some freelance um so a bit of website kind of just a bit of general graphic design um and then somewhere kind of in that first maybe in the first year of doing that, some kind of job I managed to do a, a hand-lettered kind of logo as an option for one of their one of the proposals, and I think they picked it. And then from there, I kind of did more of that, so more logos that sort of just had type and less of the sort of generic corporate icon on the side. Um, yeah. And um, and then I think it just hit at the right time when. That kind of sort of the hand-drawn look was quite popular although there was mm -hmm. a lot of startups that were kind of coming out um and then sort of dribble really helped really early on so i did more of it showed more of it there and then got more of those jobs and so kind of shunned the rest of the graphic design the more broad graphic design stuff and just really honed in on that um yeah so it's sort of been going that way since um obviously i've done i do like branding as a sort of bit wider branding as well but everything usually is centered on a lettering kind of base um yeah yeah it's and it's nice that you you said that and you good job remembering pretty much everything you said Thanks. before i started recording <laughs> um, but, but there's a couple of things you brought up uh you know you mentioned the comic aspect and, and that's exactly yeah. what i would do, do growing up and yeah. andy and i would text all the time we're good friends off air and he's he was saying wow claire's work's amazing i i, I wouldn't even order to begin to do that and it's like well you know how to do it it's just a matter of practicing and getting started and yeah. that was one of the first thing I remember is like doing comic book covers. I would draw the figures, the, the characters, and then I would do the lettering. And I would try to copy it as quickly or as closely as I could. And I started making up my own lettering and things of that nature. And you mentioned when the height of that was happening, when people were all mm -hmm. doing hand lettering stuff, mm -hmm. it's it's not the easiest thing to do, but then everybody tried to start doing it. Um, yeah. And it wasn't, a lot of it wasn't very good, but people were still putting it out there because they really didn't understand the letter forms themselves. And one of the things I really love that you do is when you sketch out one of your, like you do a bunch of thumbnails, like most mm -hmm. people who do this do a ton of thumbnails yeah. of how the forms will work, the letters will work, how that O catches the M or E or whatever. So you're trying to think mm -hmm. about all these different things. And then when you finally do like a pretty close in sketch, you do it very tight, like very precise lines, but then there's always notes, like make yeah. the E tighter, uh, yeah. bring up the descender, bring down the ascender, whatever it is yeah. of what you're working on. And it's so cool seeing the process, seeing all these little notes. 
And you were the first person I saw doing that. And then lo and behold, as it is with all social media and design, everybody else started biting on it, like putting notes on their, on their type and, and like on their lettering. And I'm like, stop, stop trying to copy Claire's shit, man. That's jacked, that's jacked up. But yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to go on record and say, I noticed that first. That's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> you can when, always call it a fake, you can always call it a fake sketch because there'll be like, if someone's drawn from the vector, cause you can see where the junctions aren't correct for how you would draw it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's telltale signs. <laughs> that's so good because yeah. They'll print it out and sketch it or put it on put on sketch mode and illustrator and kind of pretend like they sketched it uh but yeah no, so so that with that being said now that people are biting your style and you know this is the form of of flattery is blatant plagiarism <laughs> what was the first piece that you remember was like oh shit i've made it like this is what i do now what was the first piece that you think like okay i know how to do this this is what i'm going to do um there was one i think Oh, my website is so painfully out of date. This might actually still be on there. <laughs> I'm working on it. Um, it was a, a logo type called Arrived. It was for like an app that would track where you were. Like it was like a friend sharing thing. So you could say when you'd arrived somewhere. And it was this kind of like big A. And it had an underline. Um, I was kind of pleased with that for a long time. Um, if I look at it now, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> but um, that one was like, that one was cool. You know, it was like, oh, I've done some before. But um yeah, I remember that one being kind of an early one that sort of lot of one stemmed from that afterwards. That's great. That's also yeah. the cool thing about being a designer is that you're always, when you look back on something you've done, it's like, shit, I could have made that better. Mm-hmm. But, but Andy, you were going to say something, man? I was just going to say, I love the, in looking at your work, the range, like there's a, there's a style that you have, mm-hmm. but then there is a very broad range and that's hard to do you know it's hard to like craft a unique style that's unique to you but then also have a have be be also be able to tap into a wide range of different looks and feels you know it's like you've you're sort of tapping into something very interesting and and i think hard to do because it's either like you are either your work morphs to whatever the brief is yeah or you have a very distinct style and that's why people come to you for that Mm -hmm. like if you're you know you create very vintage looking stuff you know and like you're never going to make a hyper modern contemporary sure logo or whatever um and so I I love to see your stuff because you can tell some of the stuff that is sort of like maybe self-generated or or um I don't know there's some of your work it, it has a consistency to it. And then others, it's like, wow, no, she really can tap into just about any look and feel to, yeah. to fit the brief. That's a, that's a really astute comment because it, it's it's sort of a lot of that. So that I get tons, well, I had less now maybe, but I had tons of briefs that were for that kind of brush, mm-hmm. old brush script. So I've done lots and lots of that, lots of script. Um, but I probably personally kind of came from more of a less of a script background. So from more of like, um, yeah, studying kind of, old fonts and serifs and mm-hmm. t- you know come from probably more of that background so then it but i've done tons of scripts uh but then so it looks you know to sort of balance what i kind of show almost in a way so it's not just all the scripts otherwise it looks like that's all i do and actually i do it yeah i enjoy doing a lot of stuff like slabs and i do lots of sounds as well now um but um and then lots of more stuff that draws from both so there was like a, a little patch where it was quite 
came up quite often to do like a serif, a sans serif sort of style, but with script elements in it. So almost like a mm -hmm. kind of merge between the two. Um, but yeah, it's that kind of balance of where like the brief will dictate to a certain degree. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's sort of about how many, you know, there's only so many brush scripts you want to show. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I think too, it's, it's good that you have that range. And I had an illustrator teacher once say that, you know, in order to get really good at something, you have to study, study the fundamentals and basics first yeah. and really get good at that. Like everybody yeah. who, who draws well, um, especially figures has a very good understanding of anatomy usually. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's like Picasso. Picasso is a phenomenal or was a phenomenal draftsman. He could draw anything, paint anything. But once he figured that out, he's like, I'm bored. I'm gonna do my own thing, which came, which allowed him to come up with this style. And it seems like that is, that's where you, where yeah. you go. That's where you live. It's like, okay, I can do this, but let's push it yeah. to, to go to the style. And how, how hard is it for, well, now how hard, how do you get clients to trust you when you're working on a process and working on a logo for them? Do they give you just carte blanche? Or do they, sorry to use that word, because uh, my French is terrible, but or do they give you like free reign of, of what you want to do or however you want to do something? Or do they like, they say like, oh, this is the brief and this is what we want. And then they give you examples of, we like yeah. how this looks. We like how this mm -hmm. looks. We like how this looks. Yeah. We want it to feel this way as opposed to how this is how we like something. Um, so it depends on the job. Um, so some of them are more prescriptive. Like if I, I get a lot of work through, um, like repeat work through bigger branding agencies who already have a concept and they need a hand lettering person to fix it basically. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's usually <laughs> quite defined already. Like they've already done all the strategy and all the concept. They just need someone to do it better. Um, so those, it's more like, I'll get some examples. That's more straightforward. Um, most of my jobs are a bit more open. So, uh, the clients often, I get a lot of repeat clients because I've been doing it a long time. Um, people I've worked with ages ago have now maybe done a new business or they're rebranding or so there's, um, people that, because I've worked with them already, they kind of trust the process quite, quite a bit more. Um, yeah. but usually it's very, um, collaborative. So I do a lot of strategy with them first. Um, so we do a lot of talking usually by email. So it's all written down. So it's clear. Um, but a lot of talking about what they are not about the design itself about what they're trying to do so the perception their company um mm. all that sort of stuff you do with all design work um but then quite quickly i try and get them to try and talk about the characteristics of type to get to think about it sort of more conceptually and less like oh i like this yes um so about so if they say they want something you know modern and energetic and youthful say they can be like okay well there's you know usually if something is more bold it'll have these connotations or um, something that has more or less contrast or do have this effect. Um, so if you have less contract, it might look more contrast, it might look more useful, but then if it's too soft, it'll look a bit too childlike. So try and talk about mm -hmm. what the high level kind of type characteristics translate to in terms of like perception and stuff. And I think that that's all written down. So that's, yeah, I use visuals sometimes as examples, like I'll pull examples from other, other logos and things. Um, but to try and get them to think like that from the beginning um, so that then by the time we finished all that planning, we kind of already have narrowed down. Okay, it might be like a script. It might be more or less upright, uh, this kind of weight. Um, here are the kind of things we'll be exploring. And so when I then go to sketch, we've already, everyone has like a really clear picture of what we're doing. 
Yes. It's not just like, here's some sketches. Uh, <laughs> no, you know, no background behind it. Um, so then they're a lot more invested in it. Um, they have also more of an understanding of what we're doing with those letters. And they're less likely to be like, oh, I don't like that kind of L. Yes. You know, it's a bit more like, it's a bit more thoughtful. Um, yeah. But then having all that process, showing all the process in case studies and stuff goes a long way for that. Because um, yeah. they can see it. Um, right. It's, it, I cannot think about how many times that I've shown clients something and they say, I don't like this. Can you try? It's like, well, you're not an art director, uh, first of all. Um, if Tell me what you don't like or what about it or how it feels. Yeah. Yes. I think that with lettering, as odd as this sounds, when someone's hand tooling or hand creating or handcrafting a font, I think that people, even though we, we all write and we all speak, I feel like they have, they have less in, you know, feedback from, from where I've done things mm -hmm. than actually doing like an icon with logo, or if it's just like lettering, they're like, oh, wow, that's, that's great. Yeah. Or, because if you do like something with an icon, it's like, hmm, I don't like the leaves of that tree, uh, the, yeah. the tree, mm -hmm. those, that's not right. And this isn't, can you, mm -hmm. but yeah. it's, it, and that's that's one of the the you know catch 22s of our of our job is that it's subjective yeah but also it's very objective when you do exactly what you just said explaining yeah. everything that's happening in the creative brief and how you follow those parameters and the theme or concept that was followed within that creative brief and this is the result you know yeah. and here's another theme and this is the result based upon our, our discussions based upon what you wrote this is what my solution is for it there may be other solutions, but I think this solution works best for what is being asked. And it's it's so hard for clients to see that sometimes. So I'm, I'm so glad you reiterated that the client really needs to yeah. take responsibility and, and yeah. put their put their ideas down in order for you to come up with the best yeah. solution possible. Well, and and you're not doing like the, you know, Paul Rand, just like this is the this is the one solution and no. you don't get any other choices you gave me a you know we talked about it i disappeared and then mm -hmm. now boom here it is take it or leave it you know you're you've created this whole process journey and if someone does say like what why are we doing a script i don't understand this is i don't i don't like scripts well you can sit there and you know flip through your yeah. your exactly. notes and say this like is why, not. because on yeah. this week, you said we should yeah. do a script or whatever. That you, um, I'm sort of oversimplifying, but I do think that a lot of this sort of, especially for hyper creative people who mm -hmm. are artists, have trouble bridging that gap of process and documentation and project management. And it sounds like you over time have crafted this this very regimented process with your clients yeah. and because of that it produces these really creative hmm. solutions yeah, well I'm, I'm quite a planner by nature over plan <laughs> and so you know it has its upsides um it doesn't always sure. work so sometimes oh yeah <laughs> sometimes someone's a bit like oh i don't mind do whatever but then you really have to push because it's nearly never the case yes they're like, oh, actually, I was thinking more of this. It's like, oh, well, I can't. anyway. Uh, yeah. So that, you know, that does happen. Um, Oftentimes, those are the worst clients that say, do whatever. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, no, it's not whatever. What do you want? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and then it also depends how many people are on the other side. So obviously, if you mm-hmm. don't want to, you know, if they're then passing on to someone else, that gets lost. I had one guy once print out the sketches and take them to people in the street and ask them what they oh, thought. Oh, no. No. Oh, no. Oh, what? Um, well, <laughs> yeah. That's, that is something else. Wow. But, so, yeah, it's, there's only so much you can control it, but... I thought, I thought it was... Be- I thought it was bad when someone says, oh, I showed my kid, or I yeah. showed my wife. Like, my significant other or whatever, yeah. <laughs> I took it to random strangers on the street who have no it equity. Or- so, so I do have a bit of a counter to that in that we as designers get caught up in the context and providing a ton of context yeah. for our designs and our, you know, the, the reasons why we arrived at certain things. Mm-hmm. But specifically with like, well, anything, but like, let's talk about packaging design. None of the, you, the, the customer doesn't benefit from any of that context. You know, like we're not there to explain every single decision. And so on one hand, I do think that if someone, yes, if someone can torpedo a project, then they need to be in the, <laughs> the, the room through every step of the process. Um, and, and really, if you've done all your due diligence like you, you do, Claire, mm-hmm. then really that solution should make, it doesn't need all that context. It's nice to know all the case studies and all that, that background, mm-hmm. but, but it resonates with your audience because you've done all that hard work. But, um, but I do struggle with that. It's like, well, maybe, I know I sometimes encourage my clients once we get about 75% down the road with, uh, with an idea to, to print it off and take it to the store and just ask random people, what do you think? Um, because it is very early stage when like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You want it, you want it to be very well developed, I think. Um, because really it's like, obviously there should be emotionally invested in it, but then also, um, you are sort of getting that gut reaction from people that don't have all the baggage of the, I don't, I, yeah, but that is funny. The, um, just printing it off to random people. And I mean, I guess it's more about how much do you take their advice? You know, like if, again, like if if the random person on the street can torpedo it and like totally derail the project, then that, so obviously something's broken there, you know? Um, but your client should sort of like have all that time invested in it to uh, defend it and sort of just take it with a grain of salt basically yeah. that feedback I think you need some kind of you need some kind of confidence in your own decision making yes you not need to rely on like you know when you're testing and stuff a bit later that makes sense i think it's mm-hmm. just when it's like a beginning concept especially because there's always I, there's often more than one solution like I, i'd say yes like, you know um and there's the thing with too many cooks and stuff there's also <laughs> you need the confidence to be like okay let's do this not like you know Yes. So many brand owners have that. It's so funny. Like in my experience, most of them have that, uh, they, they have that, um, God, what's the word? Like they can't make those decisions. They don't feel confident in those decisions. And it's like, it's like you run a brand, you've founded a company and you don't try you like it just, it's maddening because it's like dude just or do that just make the decision pull the trigger you know just do what you need to do as right. the brand owner don't don't you know farm it out to all these decision makers you're the one so yeah the, it's instilling that confidence in them too right i think i run into that problem 
more so in the corporate setting where mm-hmm. no one wants to be responsible C- for making CYA. Yes, no <laughs> one wants to be responsible for making a decision and you end up dragging a project on yeah. and making changes yep. and, then, and then what always happens? I really like the first one. Let's go mm-hmm. with that. After yeah. you've explored yeah. and done all these other things. Um, yeah. And you've mentioned packaging, <laughs> Andy, which is, this is technically a packaging design podcast show, but uh, there are some some very iconic hand lettering things, but the one that always jumps out that is just to the test of time to me is Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. And and I was on, um, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this, Claire, but I was on a uh, some type of clubhouse forum and this woman gets on and says, younger, she was younger, and says, I hate the Coca-Cola script. It's terrible. I think it's ugly and disgusting. <laughs> and I'm thinking, all right, so you've lost a lot of respect for me from that standpoint, but just saying that it's ugly. How is it ugly? Can you point out to me how? And they really is. I just don't like how it looks. Well, that's great, but it's been working for the last, I don't know, 200 years. Um, it hasn't been on, but it's been a while. And so I, I would love to think of other ones, but that's the one that really stands out in my mind. Um, what do you think is the test of time for a a font to maintain its timeliness? That's a that's a great question. I mean, usually people say it's you know that it's not like a trend based decision. Um, then you don't you know know that necessarily because like the Coca Cola script, say at some point you know that kind of what would now look like a retro script that would have come right back. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think when they do too many, you know, there's, I know what wouldn't work for the time, test of time, you know, when they do like quirky, too many quirky things. Yes. Like, oh, you know, a little teeny bit of quirk is okay. You know, like FedEx with his arrow, that's fine. But like, you know, the ones where the, the capital letter is also a dog that is also like, I don't know, <laughs> you know, when they do the thing, that's also the thing. That's also the thing. Right. You know, when they have like too much packed in there and it's like, and it's too obvious almost or just yes. like too sticky. The gimmicks don't Gimmick, yep. fall down the test of time at all. Yeah. People yeah. Want that kind of thing. But I think that's interesting, the Coca-Cola thing, because you would never that's such a so besides the point to pick out that you say you don't like the way that I don't know, the L does whatever. Um <laughs> that's an inter- that's interesting. But sometimes I'll feel like as well people just people often pick like something to say they really don't like. It's like with the comic sans thing. You know, like the font in itself is nothing inherently, you know, wrong with a comic kitty font. You know, it's just you have to use it and like. Yeah, it's popular for a reason. Like, yeah. there's a reason people are using it. It's it feels approachable and and it feels loose. I mean, it's not something that you would use to substantiate any type of premium yeah. quality. No, of course not. But it is something you would say don't you know wash your hands before leaving the bathroom right like <laughs> employees my wash hands yes right you, you can use it you could use it there i don't know why you would have to have a sign that says that anyway for anybody who wouldn't wash their hands but that's a whole nother different topic yeah. um so claire is there, is there anything fun that you're working on now that you could be able to fill us in on or um or, well, I do, I, I now, I do, basically I do two kind of jobs at once. So I do my work, which is the lettering, um, still usually logo types. I don't tend to do sort of, I do lettering for me for fun, but um, yeah. my like client jobs are more 
not the typeface, but I also am a letterpress printer as well. Um, oh. So I do that. So I've sort of shifted over time. I did that full time for a while, um, and now I'm doing it part time. Um, so and I do calligraphy and stuff with that as well, and I teach brush lettering. Oh, so neat. I'm like, it's all related. Um, but so I sort of do both of those kind of alongside, whilst also watching. So I've got a, well two kids, but one's quite small. Um, yeah. so it's, uh, <laughs> it's a balance. Um, so I'm doing lots of separate things. Um, uh -oh. But I'm starting. What am I doing in a minute? Um, I do a lot of, what am I doing? I'm doing, I do a lot of, um, still, it's, it's always been a sort of consistent trend, a lot of sort of tech-based uh, branding, which you'd think, you know, for that all the yeah. hand, considering everything's so hand and paper-based, it seems odd, but it's always worked really well. That's always been a consistent um, industry of working. So I'm doing some of those. Um, but then with time, those are kind of interesting because obviously it's not always just the brush anymore. It's, um, mm -hmm. you know, there's room for playing with different things. Um, and then I feel like quite comf confident in that kind of space. So I've done it a lot. Um, so it's nice to get to focus on all the, all the details. Um, yeah. And then on the side, so then it's nice counter to all the kind of really precise hand drawn and then vector work doing the printing is really nice. Cause that's like, it's modern, it's like contemporary letterpress. So with plates and stuff rather than typesetting. Mm, yeah. Um, but it's also, it's, it's all, it's obviously a lot of it is type based as well. Um, but it's kind of a different thing to focus on with different details to look at um so it's a nice counter balance yeah i love that yeah <laughs> another friend of ours just started doing a he just bought a printer and he's doing just black and white letter pressed cards so it's oh it's is this pretty... the one you have on the other the other weeks i heard yeah. it. oh yeah, you did pretty... yeah Luke. yeah that was yeah. really cool yeah. the black and white that was very clever that's a very good idea yeah, <laughs> black yeah. And white. that was very smart <laughs> Well, I'll tell him you said that, and that, that should mean a lot coming from you, but he'll be happy to have his name mentioned. The, um, what is one of the most, like for me, I can't think of anything. For a minute, I had a, like something famous I worked on, but what's the most recognizable thing or someone may recognize lettering that you've worked on? Um, I worked on, this was a long time ago, and I didn't finish the Instagram logo before they go vote by Facebook. Uh, so that was very, very short lived and then it went on hold and then it was in the news that Facebook bought them. I was like, so then I didn't have an Instagram account for like a decade after that. <laughs> 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 um, I've done a lot of, um, so through sort of bigger branding agencies, done logos for them for like, uh, like food, a lot of food. Uh, like sort of biscuit and crackers and stuff in, okay. in really big. Um, but they're not out yet. Um, I did, yeah, I tend, uh, I've done like, uh, I've done like uh, the brand called Hype, uh, which I don't know if that's big of it. It's big in England. No, there you go. So stuff like that. But so it's like a range. I've done like, I do lots of kind of middle range projects, the odd sort of bigger name, and then lots of really small ones. So it's a nice, it's a nice mix. Um, yeah. 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 It's I I mean it's I I always look at your work and I'm just amazed. I mean, like Andy said before, the range, but also the care and concern and thought that goes into it, and and just knowing that it's not it's not easy, but yet it looks like it was just like someone just typed it out and said, okay, let's do this, or threw something on on a page and said, hey, let's let's make this happen. Um, when you go through the sketching process, like. 
you mentioned earlier that you you even did it in school where you were trying to figure mm -hmm. out how words sound and how the sound yeah. looks. Yeah. I, I've never never thought about that. Like how does a sound look? Mm -hmm. So do you take mm -hmm. like that idea when yeah. you're working on new stuff to actually think about and approach that job that way, even with the creative briefs, even with all of the 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 feedback from the clients of things that they quote unquote don't like? Um what what is that process like for instance cork the word cork like mm. <laughs> i'm just i just thought at the top of my head like how how would that sound like turn into a word mm. yeah it's interesting i never because i the idea of the sounds of words that was i was big on that was like language and uh stuff like in phonics and things and then i kind of didn't put it to the side but i didn't obviously think of it like that for for you know client jobs but actually to to do to a certain extent so certain words it depends on what their company name is you know um, if it's like like an into like a single word that has sort of connotations as you would think about it more whereas if it's just called you know i don't know something something accounting or whatever right <laughs> but some certain especially short kind of words whether they feel it's usually about if they feel kind of this relates to the brand perception as well you know if it feels like fast so speed mm -hmm. the words because you get certain type that is depending on the well not obviously stuff like the style will affect that but um the proportions affect this sort of how speedy it looks or how energetic it looks so something with kind of more condensed proportions slightly taller letter forms is a bit maybe a bit more like lively than a sort of short wide very round sort of fatter design is a bit more comfortable and slow um so i think i would think about it sort of loosely like that um that would yeah so things like that would probably lead it a little bit um so probably say, i guess on a, on a yeah. level more than maybe more than specifically um but some words sound a bit sharper than others so your example there has like mm -hmm. a, a at the end and the q is quite a you know has quite a specific sound um so it's more i also do think a lot of this with the actual letters the fact that some of them are rounded or straight will affect how that looks but that's more the look rather than the sound um yeah yeah and and I'll, also andy go ahead oh no if I, I was gonna um ask about something different <laughs> no go ahead ask about something different <laughs> okay i was just wondering have you developed the whole font family before or or explored that um so for for years actually since since school <clears throat> i tried i started dabbled then um it's actually quite it's very different from lettering type mm -hmm. based design or i mean obviously it's not very different it's in the same sphere um and i sort of started a lot and then i'm so slow <laughs> and just it, it's just ridiculous and then I, I did do um came to new york a few years many years ago now Ooh. Maybe six, seven, oh, seven, eight, eight years ago, a long time ago, to do um type <laughs> condensed course and typeface design. So that was like a six week, six weeks. I think it was six weeks. Um, like typeface design, really intensive, all day into the evening mm -hmm. class every day, wow. on specifically on typeface design, uh, which made me really speed up, and I got really far in one, and I was like, great, and then got back, and. That is bad. Now it's been so long that again. So I've done like lots of beginnings of stuff. So I have I've done some work with type foundries on like editing some fonts and stuff. Gotcha. Um, but it is one of those long term projects that you know at some point in life. One day you're gonna launch one. <laughs> it's it's gonna be magical. Yeah. It's just, I'm just really slow, and then there's so many. You know, it's, 
I feel like the concept has to be there. Otherwise, I'm just going to spend too long. I, some people can do them, release them really quickly. And then I feel like sure. it'd, be, it'd be less stressful about what you actually do, right. <laughs> how it looks, because you can do it faster. Well, um, yeah, one thing too, you, you deal with like what at most 15 to 20 characters at a time, like at most, right? So, some companies are quite long, but yeah. 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 <laughs> and so, so you're not even getting a whole alphabet in there yeah right because you're gonna have repeats of like an e or a or an o yeah it's not yeah and so you have to think about okay how you handle the z as opposed to an s as opposed to yeah. a q and mm -hmm. i i realize when i start doing things i always i'm like fuck there's an s in it yeah, it's totally that's a, <laughs> like i really have to think about how that's going to curve and everything else so, s's are so hard and it's it's just a matter of of thinking out the entire font and then you think of the characters like how does the mm -hmm. how does the dollar sign for you pound sign how alternates does, yes exclamation periods yeah. commas colon semicolon the accent the yes the right oh my god i've done i used to live in a Prague and i worked for type helped uh, type together the foundry who half based there helped them do um I can't remember if it's them. expansions maybe and anyway the accents are really important like how they're placed is huge because languages that use them will notice if it is not done yes. correct um yeah but for definitely for logo types for me it's a, it's a starting letter so just looking at like the ones I've done you know there's some letters that show up a lot more for the initial letter you know there's like lots of m's for instance yeah so there's some letters and some letters you get you can do more with like an i in a script you know, yes you can do with it where it starts looking like a j or a t or you know right um but definitely how they how they interact the pairs as well and if the half of the word is more based on like rounded letters and then the other half is really straight letters and that sort of creates a disconnect between the first half and the second half so you kind of have to balance that out yes well. um, yeah yeah it is so important to you i'm glad you mentioned that real quick and i don't want to keep you long we're almost coming up on an hour but oh, um yeah uh <laughs> there's this company called tuckers and they're an ice cream company mm -hmm. and the way they did the script was it was the 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 t with the brush script but it looks mm -hmm. like where you put a cross in it and it becomes an f so oh, at yeah. first glance mm -hmm. it, the way it was <laughs> it's like i'm sorry what is your source? It's like, tuckers i'm like you may want to think of a different way to treat that t uh, because because oh. it looks very close to not being Tucker's anymore. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so, so think, yeah, <laughs> thinking of, of decorations and embellishments on your type is very important as to how it could translate along with kerning and letting and everything else. But um, Claire, is there anything you want to add at the end before you close? And I just can't realize that it's been, can't believe it's been that long. Yeah. Already. Yeah. Um. It's great. It's great talking about, about, stuff with us it could be anything it's andy and i we're oh. the magic no i'm kidding um <laughs> yeah no I, I just anything you want to add before we before we go uh and then... um yeah yeah no just it's just like what we said before that was, that was really that was basically one of the more important things just people don't i think realize how much you can learn from just like drawing just copying stuff not not copying in a here's my work but you know copying just for practice for you mm -hmm. um copying all kinds of fonts or like like comic lettering and tons of stuff in there and you can just learn a lot from that i think people tend to want to jump into doing the thing and not necessarily spend time you know looking at it as well so you get a lot with the brush stuff brush lettering you know with the brush pens and stuff which looks great but like 
you know, if you want like a, an understanding underneath, like that will inform all your stuff. If you look at things and there's a, the better way to look at stuff is to actually draw it yourself and then you really understand mm -hmm. it more than just looking with your eyes. Um, yeah. yeah. I, one of the, that's great. One of the favorite things that I've heard was I hear, I forget, I see, <laughs> I remember, I do, I understand. Yeah, and true. so when you start doing something, you understand how the forms work, why why that, you know, the N and the M, although very similar, the M should be a little thinner than the N as far as things because then you don't want it to be too wide and stuff. Just like little yeah. things that you kind of pick up along the way. That's really good advice. I, Claire, I, I cannot thank you enough for coming on. Um, we're going to do a little quick, quick goodbye, but then I want to say a formal goodbye afterwards. So hold on. Right. Um, but yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And um, Andy, anything you want to add? No, no. I've just loved listening to Claire talk and talk about her work. And it was a treat to have her on. Thank you, Claire. Yes. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Well, I'm Kirk Vaisola. I'm the founder and creative director of Mind the Font. And I'm here with my good friend. Andy Kurtz, founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative. And you just listened to the Kirk and Kurtz Packaging Design Podcast. We'll see you later. Peace. Bye.